0: Listening to the Dad Pod, a podcast by dads, for dads, about being dads. What's up?
1: It is volume three of the Dad Pod. I am Bobby Ittings. My co host, his name is Dave Traub, broadcasting from Parks Unknown. We'll have him tell us where he is broadcasting from in just a couple of moments, as that's going to be the key component. Of tonight's podcast. It is the Dad Pod. As we're going to talk a little bit, as we always do, about being your resource, being your sounding board, being your support group for all things involving being a new dad or as you continue to go down this path of being a dad. Once again, I'm Bobby Innings. His name is Dave Traub.
0: So, Dave, tell the people, where are you uh, coming from? So, I'm in North Carolina. I'm at the beach with my wife's family. That's what this episode is going to be all about dad advice for vacations. This is my first vacation with my son. This is the longest we've had him in the car over an hour and a half. And so it's been a bit of an adventure. But yeah, coming to you from the beaches of North Carolina.
1: Yeah, like you said, Dave, we're going to talk about vacationing with a toddler, traveling with a toddler, an infant, whatever you really want to talk about, or however you really want to phrase it. We're going to talk about that. Uh, throughout tonight's podcast, because I think it's important for people to understand that it's, it's possible, right? It's completely possible for people to do that. I think people forget that it's possible sometimes. Whenever you run into these difficulties, but we're going to talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit about kind of our opinion on youth sports when it comes to being a dad, and then we'll also talk uh, towards the end with our dad lesson of the week. So, Dave, go ahead, kick it off. How to go?
0: Yeah, well, let me start off by saying this. I, I know this is a topic that all dads will face so either you've already faced it and you have kids that are a little bit older or you have a young kid and you are thinking about how is this going to go when we decide to take the family vacation now we have the unique characteristic of this vacation happening during the covid crisis which we'll get to in a moment which adds a whole new wrinkle um, to my my son's first vacation but i posted a picture of my wife and i and our son on instagram Uh, you know, beach in the background. And, and I immediately got three or four friends who are young dads sending me direct messages on Instagram saying, dude, I have so many questions. (laughs) So this is a topic I think that a lot of people will resonate with. To start out, I was a little nervous. You know, you and I were, were texting about it before we left and you were giving me some tips. Uh, you and your daughter, you now have a son, but it was you your daughter and your wife last summer, I guess, took your first vacation. So you had been right. down this road. Um, we had a uh, eight-and-a-half-hour journey ahead of us. My parents live an hour-and-a-half away from us, so we cut a little bit off the trip and did that the night before. But I was really nervous. Really, the anticipation of the trip ended up being worse than the trip itself. I think somebody told you that. That would be you. Smart Alex. But um, the, the anticipation, you were 100% right, man. The anticipation ended up being way worse. Once we got cooking, um, we, we tried to time it around when he would typically sleep. And so he slept like a champ, man. I mean, you look at the entire trip, he probably only whined for about 90 minutes. Uh, so I would call it a win, man. I mean, I grade him a B. Plus. We, we decided ahead of time if this trip takes a little bit longer and I was a dad before I was a dad, I wanted to do a trip as fast as possible. No stops. You get to pee once. So it it was really difficult for me, I think, <laughs> to get over that mental hurdle if it <laughs> take a little bit longer. But man, we, we, we had that expectation as we went into it and things went fine. Now, I will say the worst part of the trip was because we are operating right now. Uh, During the health crisis, the COVID-19 situation is going on in our country. Everything's closed or everything's different. And so our son is kind of at the point where he's eating some mushy foods that we needed to warm up. And there were no microwaves. So we stopped at the sheets, almost got in a fight with the manager, wouldn't let us use the microwave. We went to two other restaurants, even Chick-fil-A, God's people, they wouldn't let me use their microwave. We eventually, and I'll give my wife credit here. She MacGyvered this. We eventually stopped at the Dunkin' Donuts. I asked for some piping hot water. I said, give me a cup of water as hot as possible. And we warmed up the food that way. <laughs> so we had to get creative. Yeah, so the, there's exhibit A with
1: uh, with being a parent in terms of what you're going to run into is that your eating schedule matters not at all. Nothing matters for you anymore at this point in terms of when you want to eat. But- You bring up a good point there. So, first of all, I want to go back a little bit here. So, you guys left at 7 a.m., right? Yep. So, what we had done the year before, and my daughter at that point was 11 months old. Your son is seven months old. We left at 1.30 in the morning. We had also an eight-hour drive ahead of us, and we just kind of said, look, kid's going to be asleep for three or four hours, four hours at this point, five hours at this point, whatever. We're just going to give it a go and we're just going to see how this goes. Right now, that, that was our main strategy. Let's just see how this goes. And, you know, if we have to stop a half hour in to get a hotel room and just set up camp there for the night, we'll do it. But if we can make this work, we're going to be, you know, maybe an hour outside of our destination by the time she wakes, wakes up. And that's what my whole basis of telling you the anticipation was harder than anything else, because by the time that we actually got to the point where my daughter woke up for good we were an hour outside of our destination it was incredible right because you're just like oh this is great now i will tell you the scary part was we first get in the car and we're five minutes down the road and she's crying the first five minutes i'm on two and a half hours of sleep and i'm just like here's but she fell right back to sleep right so then you run into the part where okay now the sun's up it's 5 30 in the morning sun's coming up we're in virginia at this point heading north carolina sun's up and you're like Crap! She's crying again. Went right back to sleep. So, the best advice I think we can both give is, it it all depends on your situation, on your rationale, and what you're comfortable with, in terms of getting somewhere. But you hit on something. You said that you guys kind of tried to tamper, uh, tried to uh, um, leave depending on when your son was going to be napping. Um, in a car, a kid doesn't care what their nap schedule is. They're just going to fall asleep whenever they want. And I think that's something my wife and I both realized really, really quickly. And she pointed out to me before I ever did. Shameless plug for her, since we got a little bit of grief from our wives this week for not mentioning them enough. She was the one that told me if she just takes, meaning our daughter, if she just takes four or five one-hour naps or 45-minute naps, it's all the same in the end. And she
0: was exactly right. Did you go with people? Did you go with your parents?
1: Yeah, we went down there with my parents. So just real quick, we're going to do the same thing again this year. Now my daughter's a little bit older, right? She'll be over two whenever we go to the beach this year. Uh, My son at that point will be four months old. We're going to actually split it up this year, right? Getting a two-year-old to sleep in the car at a normal time is probably a little bit harder. I'm just going to guess. And my two-year-old being um, the endless ball of energy that she is, she will not probably go to sleep. So we're going to do we're going we're going to cut it in half and we're actually and this will be a topic for next week's uh, podcast we're going to start transitioning her to a regular bed this weekend. Yeah, so so now you're at the beach, right? So you're actually there. How is it different for you now?
0: Getting back to that whole changing your expectations. I changed my expectation of what the trip was going to be. It ended up not being so bad. I changed my expectation of what it was going to be like to be for lack of a better term, chained to the house a little bit. And that actually hasn't been so bad. The the ability to just go and do whatever you want is replaced by experiencing another human being who you care about in a unique way, experiencing things for the first time. And I'm telling you, that in a weird way replaces what you're missing. Does that resonate with you? Absolutely. And, And So how many naps is Leo taking a day right now? So Leo is napping twice a day.
1: And that's how that's how my daughter was. My Molly was whenever we first went. She was napping at 10 a.m. in the morning and she would then go back down around 1, 1.30 at that point. One thing we found out quickly about being at the beach is the fact, is the reminder that the sun takes so much out of a kid. That nap, that 10 o'clock nap in the morning would turn into an hour and a half. It was only supposed to be 45 minutes, but you never want to wake a sleeping baby. And the second one, which normally would be like two and a half hours, one to three 30 was turning into like one to almost five. You live your life in blocks when you have a kid, right? There's the awake time, there's nap time, and then awake time again, right? There's just those blocks you build in. And I think that's important to remember at the beach. We had to, you're the same way. We woke up at 7am, got a real quick workout in. And by the time we were done, kid was awake. That happened every day. And you just have to prioritize a little bit differently. And that's
0: all it is. And I don't want to show my hand too early, but my dad tip of the week is to invest in a good baby monitor. And so what we we have is a baby monitor that allows us to be a pretty good distance away and we can still keep an eye on him. So today, to your earlier point, he slept probably twice as long as he would normally sleep. So we're hanging out. We have a beach house with a pool. We're hanging out at the pool. It's just like the old days. Next thing you know, he's been asleep for four hours. What's the
1: sleeping situation like? Because I got to ask this in terms of noise and things like that. Like his room, is it close to to other people?
0: His room is in our – so he's sleeping in our room in our bathroom. So we are at the (laughs) beach with – let me see how many other people. Gosh, 15, 16 other people. We're in a big beach house. And so there's really nowhere else for him to sleep except in our room. So we decided, I'll tell you what, let's put him in the bathroom. Let's put his noise machine on. I'm a major advocate of noise machines for babies.
1: 100%. Noise
0: with him in the bathroom, can't hear a thing. They don't hear him, he doesn't hear them. So it's the perfect situation. Now, the downside of that is we don't have a bathroom. <laughs> so, we, so we can't use that bathroom <laughs> while he's thinking, So we have to get a little creative there. I've taken a shower, I think, in every single other bathroom.
1: So, so it's interesting you mentioned that because that was something I, th- I think I drove everybody else that we stayed with. It was my family, my parents, my, my two parents, my sister and a friend last year. I think I drove everybody else crazy last year because all four bedrooms were on the downstairs and then we had a, you know, a common area and a kitchen upstairs, right? Well, my dad walks like a herd of elephants and he knows this. So every day he'd be coming down the stairs after he gets his coffee. And I'm just thinking for the love of God, are there sixteen elephants, or are they thirty-five up? Upst- or are there thirty-five upstairs? Because that's what it sounded like. But again, baby never heard it. Babies sleep through just about anything.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the point I was going to make before we talk sleeping situation is, if you are thinking about a vacation and you don't typically go with anyone else, I would consider it if it's somebody that you could use as a babysitter. Absolutely. <laughs> that will make- that will make your trip more enjoyable. So try to go with family, family that you hopefully like somewhat, and utilize them to maybe get some time to yourself on the trip.
1: How, how is Leo with pools? With a pool,
0: sorry. Um, he, he hated it the first day, and the second day I was scared that he would hate it again. So I got in the pool. We bought a floaty toy thing that his legs go through, yep. and he can kind of kick. I got in the pool, kind of eased him in the pool. He hated it for about thirty seconds, and then he just loved it. So for the next forty-five minutes, man, he was just in that toy, and it was just, it was cool. He liked it after that.
1: What we did was we took my daughter for swim lessons for about six weeks right before we went to the beach, just to get her used to water and things like that, right? So then we go to the beach. We didn't have a we didn't have a pool last year, so we bought a little, brought a little inflatable pool that we set up on the deck that we had at that point. That worked out really well, right? This year we have a pool, like a community pool. I'm looking forward to that because to your point, right, if you can get that 45 minutes or an hour or even a half hour just of the kid enjoying themselves for a couple minutes. And if you're in one of those floaty toys, they're so much better than we were kids. You remember when you were a kid, though, Dave, and your parents always looked forward to the beach so much more than you ever did, right? They're like, we're going on vacation. They made a big deal about it. They were so excited. And you're just a kid, right? You're 12 years old. And you're like, what's the big deal? We're just going to the beach, right? When you be, And I think you agree with this. When you become an adult and when you get a job and you're like, hey, I get a week-long vacation, it is the greatest week ever, right? Because all of a sudden you are escaping everything else that's an issue and just going to this place that is far and away and just allowed you to seclude yourself. The hard part, like I said, though is it's not all about you anymore when you're at the beach. And that has its advantages and disadvantages. The advantages is seeing how that child grows up at the beach, Now they enjoy water, enjoy sand, enjoy toys. The disadvantages is you usually have to enjoy it with them. You have to play with them. That's the disadvantage. You can't just sit there anymore. One other thing I did want to ask you, because we were talking about this earlier, you and I, you guys, it's, it's the COVID times, as we talked about. You guys actually went uh, out to eat in a tourist location While during COVID,
0: we are kind of in a moment where um, Americans in general are saying we're over it. And so at some point, we'll listen back on this podcast and see whether or not that was a good call. But right now, it's just a mixed bag. You go in a grocery store and half the people have masks, half of them don't. Half the people think that we're just blowing this out of proportion. It's over. The other half are taking it very seriously. And so we've been taking it as seriously as we we think we should with an infant. And so really not taking him anywhere. So we did go out to eat. We went out to eat tonight. We sat outside. I I felt pretty good about that. It was weird taking him out. It was fun taking him to a restaurant that I've got a lot of great memories at. Um, But it did feel strange the entire time we were there.
1: Yeah, I think you mentioned one thing there, and I've I've been kind of, uh, I would say, hard-headed about the whole COVID thing, to be honest with you at times. But one thing that somebody actually, I saw this posted on Facebook the other day, it said in terms of the mask, in terms of people not wearing them or wearing them when they are uh, inside of a grocery store, is they compared it to this. When you get into a car, do you wear your seatbelt? Why would you not live your life smart or safe? Why would you take that risk? right that's kind of where I'm at uh with the whole COVID thing we're going to step aside real quick take a break we're going to come back on the other side talk a little bit about some uh youth sports some of our some advice finish up with the dad lesson of the week and then we'll be out for volume three it's the dad vibe.
0: You're listening to The Dad Pod, episode three. I'm Dave, he's Bobby. We are talking about vacation season. I'm at the beach with my family and my son for the first time here in North Carolina. And so we've been kind of talking some do's and don'ts of um of really dadding on vacation and some tips of the trade. And we we may actually have another episode about this when Bobby takes vacation. I want to transition us to a sports topic around dadding and around the summer. So when I was growing up, I was big into sports just like you, loved baseball, played travel baseball. Travel baseball ate up my summers. Almost every single summer when I was a kid, the vast majority of it was spent at a baseball field. As I got older it started to mess with family vacations because the older kids play tournaments deeper into the summer. They play them almost every single weekend. So how do you feel like dads should approach that topic? What are your thoughts on how much of your time should be spent at an athletic event in the summer versus maybe family or or around the vacation?
1: My opinion is going to be a little bit of the inmates run the asylum, I guess you could call it. Let, Let the kid decide, right? Like when, and I think it's unfair for coaches or for organizations to say, Hey, if you sign up, you're playing every weekend. You're volunteering saying you're going to be there. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And then at the same time, you got to let a kid be a kid. I'm not saying that they should skip a practice and things like this. I'm a big proponent. If you go to practices, you go to games. If you're in town, if you're around, you're going to games. But if your family wants to, let me, let me back up a little bit. If the, the child If you ask that child, what would you rather do this summer? Would you rather go to vacation or would you rather play ball? If that child says vacation, there should not be any coach shaming or shaming of any sort, pushing that child to play the games instead. They've got to be a kid at the same time. I think that's what's important to look at is you can't be pushing the kid in the wrong direction.
0: If the kid wants to go to the beach, let him be a kid. Well, let let me flip the, the coin a little bit and say, but how much does the kid's opinion matter ultimately? So like, let me use my own example. So at a certain point, my family started to get a little upset that I was playing baseball and it was taking away my parents' ability to go on family vacation with them. So at what point do you have to step in and think ahead and say, yeah, okay, Bobby Jr., you may want to play baseball all summer. But it's important to your siblings and our family and our friends outside of you that we're with them.
1: And I think that's a good point, too. And I think at the same time, you have to know what you're getting into, right? And that goes back to my original point of if those coaches are pushing you and pressuring you, let, let's face it, right? Your parents are your parents? When you're, I'm assuming this is what, your 13, 14 day for you at that point?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was definitely pre-high school.
1: So that's the the point when you know everything, your parents know nothing, right? That's at that exact point. Your parents know absolutely nothing. But your coaches, your coaches seem like these gods that you have to live up to, that you have to make sure that they are the ones that view you in the highest light. That coach has got to make sure to let you be a kid as well. That coach can't be pushing you the opposite direction. That coach has got to be open to families taking those vacations and allowing themselves to have families, right? I think that's where I come at. Is like, look, you're only going to have family time once, and a coach has to understand that and push that as a narrative rather than push the narrative of if you miss this one weekend series, you're not going to go to the University of Florida and play third base and get drafted in the first round of the Major League Baseball draft. That's my point with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, unless you are a prospect for whatever sport you're playing, just take the vacation. <laughs> they can I, do without right. you for a charge. What did you just? vacation and actually it may be interesting to have both of our dads on an episode and they can talk about their reaction here on the other side now that we're in our 30s of would they do things differently
1: yeah because you and i are guys and and we can get into this a different time but you and i are kids that we were never married to one sport right we i mean i can think me playing uh, growing up basketball baseball football soccer like played all the big sports, right? And I can remember going from a baseball game one day to a soccer game that same day.
0: Yeah, I come from the rare family of the kid loved playing sports, that would be me, and the father wasn't really into it. So my dad is still not much of a sports fan. He really only watches sports with me. Um, So he was kind of new to the whole thing. It's not like he had experience of when he was young doing this and doing that and going here and going there he was kind of learning along with me. I'll have a much different perspective with Leo. I mean, I don't know if I'll be coaching, but I'll definitely be really involved in what he's doing. And so I'll probably push a little bit more to, uh, to, for, for him to play multiple things.
1: So that can kind of slide easily into our dad lesson of the week in terms of what I would say is don't over-parent your athletic son, I think would be one thing we would ever talk about. We're both hoping to have athletic sons, athletic children, period. Um, is we don't want to overparent them. We don't want to say, you got to do this, you got to do that. But that kind of will lead into our dad lesson of the week. Let's talk about our main dad lesson of the week. Dave, you kind of already teased yours. You want to expand on what you were talking about earlier?
0: Yeah, and hope that our sons go to rival schools and they can play. And then we oh, can see who he is the best. Um, and, then you and, I, and then you and I can, like, throw golf balls at each other from across the stands. <laughs> we can get in a fist fight in the parking lot afterwards. <laughs> um, my dad lesson of the week is invest – in a baby monitor you want a baby monitor that has a high hd quality video don't make fun of me i can hear you laughing there's no reason to feel bad about putting money into a baby monitor it will just help you not only help you at home but really help you as i'm seeing on this vacation when you leave and you want to be kind of separate from where your kid is like i mentioned earlier i can be down at the pool i can almost be down all the way to the beach and still see him on the monitor because we didn't go cheap and really got a nice one.
1: My dad lesson of the week is this, is, and it's real quick, it's real short, but it's this too shall pass. And what that means is every stage, every moment you sit there and you feel like this is never going to end, every hunger strike, every feeding strike, every strike period, every teething stage, this too shall pass. It's impossible for me to remember, as we talked about last week at the Terrible Twos, It was a really rough week to the point where my daughter was telling my mother-in-law when they left our house, get, go, right? Like imagine how that makes my wife feel at that point when she's telling her mother, get, go from our two-year-old, right? This too shall pass. Now we're back to a point where my daughter's in a pretty good mood most of the time, which has been really nice at this point. She's still in that kind of two stage where she still fights everything, but this too shall pass. My main example is, my son or my daughter, she slept in a sleep suit as well when she was from like zero to like, or no, excuse me, from like two months, 12 pounds, something like that to the point she was about, I want to say eight or nine, maybe 10 months old. We tried for like six weeks, once a week, try to get her out of that sleep suit to the point where we we're like, screw it. This kid is going to go to college in a sleep suit. We finally got to the point where she wasn't in it. We finally got to the point where she wasn't in it. And it's been the greatest thing ever. Now she still kicks the crap out of the wall all the time but at the same time, she's happy. She still sleeps. And at the end of the day, this too shall pass. Well, that's going to do it for episode three, volume three, we're going to call it of the dad pod. We'll be back again. We'll talk next time on next episode about a couple other dad topics. We are the dad pod, your resource for everything, new dadding, being a dad, talking about being a dad. We are the sounding board, dad board,
0: dad pod. See you later. Didn't really nail the dismount, but I think that was great.